Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Nedian, and today we have Paul Alex, who is the founder and CEO of ATM Together. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Chris? I am blessed, man. It is such a pleasure having you on the show. I cannot wait to unpack everything that you've kind of went through within your career from being in law enforcement to now having a business that's in the multi-million dollar range and so much more. But before diving into all that fun stuff, I give a small introduction of who you are and what you do. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more for our audience so we could have an understanding of what's your day-to-day and so on? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So my name is Paul Alex. I am founder of ATMtogether.com. ATMtogether.com is the first automation uh, business online that actually helps nine to fivers or aspiring entrepreneurs build their ATM business in their city or state. We provide everything at a one-stop shop, everything from ATMs to the actual network to the actual locations, guys. So I found that back in January of 2021. Um, while I was actually working as a detective in law enforcement. And before that, I was actually in the ATM industry for about six years. That started as a side hustle while I was in law enforcement as well. Um, If you guys don't know my background, my background, I come from the nine to five. I've always been a nine to fiver, guys. I've always uh, had entrepreneurship tendencies, but never executed because I was uh, comfortable in my nine to five. I was already making six figures. I was living in California, um, just very comfortable the entire time. Well, as I got older guys um, in my late twenties, I saw that me working anywhere between 60 to hundred hours a week, it was not sustainable anymore. It really wasn't. At the end of the day, I know several of my family members, my friends, Uh, relatives that do almost the same amount of hours that I did. And it, by the time you retire, it's what else is left? You know, you're really going to work 40 plus hours for someone else to only enjoy about what, 10 to 15 years of your life. That's not where I saw my future. So ultimately I started looking into side hustles towards the end of my law enforcement career. And ultimately I saw that ETNs was very black and white, very simple, The concept has been there for a few years now, and it wasn't saturated. So I went in there, got my first ATM, installed it on the weekend, self-educated myself, and was able to go from one to 30 locations within 18 months. Those 30 locations was able to bring me a five-figure income per month 
as passive as possible. We're talking about you doing the initial setup and then you have the ETM, which if you guys don't know what the ETM stands for, it's automated teller machine. I consider ETMs like your own little robotic employee. They're doing all the work for you. What else are you doing besides filling up the money once a month? So at the end of the day, when you're able to make anywhere between $200 to $1,000, there's even locations that I have had that made me $1,500 in net profit from one ATM monthly. And it's passive. Passive income versus active income is always going to win, guys. Because just like one of my consultants, who is one of my mentors, told me one day, Paul, the day that you actually start making money while you sleep is the day that you are actually financially free. And I was ignorant for that because I was ignorant to that idea the entire time. Um, as I was working my nine to five, I thought financial freedom was the old American dream, which was ultimately, hey, nine to five, high paying job, house, uh, fancy car, get to spend money, whatever you want. But what I didn't know was simply that um, you can make the same amount of money, but you don't even have to work or you work less. And that is true financial freedom. Okay. So Paul, I mean, that is very interesting. There's so many things that I do want to unpack there uh, from the ideology of what was your success pattern, or you thought it was success pattern with the American dream to what really your ideology of success is, which is passive income, making money while you sleep, just like your mentor uh, said. But before unpacking that, I do want to talk about what happened with your shift in your mindset from being a uh, employee nine to five, then dabbling into this e-world, then being like, you know what, I'm going to become a cop for X amount of years. And then after being a cop, you're like, hey, let me go into this and go full on into that. Did something happen when you were a cop? Did you get injured? Is it because it was too dangerous? Is it because you're like, no, nah, this is not what I want to do because it's an immense amount of hours. What was that mind shift? And talk about specific, was there a specific moment or and so on and so forth? And how did you find afterwards this community of the ATMs to dive into uh, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So um, I had a ton of fulfillment when it came to law enforcement, I never thought I was going to be a cop. Let's, let, let's keep it real. Okay. So I never thought I was going to be a cop <clears throat> from the beginning. It was never something that I aspired to be, but it's something that I actually fell into. And I think, you know, um, it was meant to be things in life happen to you. It, it's just meant to be, uh, it, it actually gives you the experience and it makes you grow within a person. I used to be an introvert when I was growing up. So when I got into law enforcement, I don't come with any military background. I didn't have a criminal justice degree. I had a business administration degree. And at the end of the day, when I got into law enforcement, um, it was where I needed a time change. I needed something different in my life. <clears throat> Before law enforcement, and just to let you guys know, I was actually a sales manager for a large corporation that sold cleaning supplies nationwide. And I had an entire sales team under me. I did that for six years. So I was already in corporate America. I knew how to talk to people and all that jazz. But ultimately, I needed something different. So one of my exes, her cousin was a sergeant on one of the cities in the Bay Area, California. He was like, Paul, you know how to talk, man. You have to get the gab. You'll be great to talk to actual 
citizens in the community where you reside or near where you reside. And you should try it. So I applied six months into academy, man. I was just like, what am I doing? Right. That's it, like it hits you in the face. Like, what am I doing? I got these guys, paramilitary mindset, and they're just yelling at me like, get down. Come on, let's do it. Like, I'm just like, dude, I will do what you want me to do. Just don't yell at me, please. All right. <laughs> so, so ultimately, uh, got through academy, got through field training, which was an eye opener. I can't name the city I used to work for, but it was one of the most dangerous cities. It's been on Netflix a ton of times. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys can figure it out. Bay Area, California, guys. So with that being said, um, I got cut loose. And when I got cut loose, I'm not going to lie to you. That first time when I was in uniform with my shiny badge, fully equipped, I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I'm really here. Like, this is crazy. And I remember my first ship ever. It was on a Sunday. and. Um, my shift started at 10 and I was supposed to get off at 7 a.m. the next day. And my field training officer is like, he sat me down. He was like, hey, it's real now. You're wearing a bulletproof vest. You have a gun. You are the authority. You're going to go into some dangerous situations in the next couple of months. So be prepared and have your mindset right. And that's exactly what got me through law enforcement was my mindset. At the end of the day, morale throughout law enforcement right now and throughout the years, it goes up and down just like life. But at the end of the day, I believe that law enforcement taught me to have a bulletproof mindset because if it wasn't for that career, it wouldn't have made me a leader that I am today as far as being able to get into entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship, I'm going to tell you right now, something right now, Chris, is that it is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. but it's also one of the most fulfilling because I'm able to impact thousands upon thousands of lives throughout the United States and internationally, even though we don't provide the service internationally, but I still get, you know, tons of feedback from people overseas and whatnot. And I love it. I love it. I love motivating people. I love uh, the fulfillment that I get from helping anyone that I can through my services or just to motivate them through my story. You know, because at the end of the day, I'm just a regular guy. I'm no one special. I just went out there and I got it done. And that's all it was, right? So to, to go back to your question, Chris, the shift in my mindset was I was in my fifth year in law enforcement. Um, I had did about three and a half years on a task force. And this task force, I mean, it's sort of funny. I always say this and people laugh, but uh, if you ever seen the movie like 21 Jump Street, yeah, okay? Uh, 21 Jump Street, you go, it's like super like undercover. Basically, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say it was like something like that. Like no one in the police department knew I was a cop. And then when I would walk to the police station, they'd be like, who the heck is that guy? You know, because I'd have a beard, I had longer hair. And ultimately they were like, how did he get in here? Right. So ultimately um, I gave my life to that unit. And I'm talking about, I lived it. I lived there. Okay. Basically um, did about whew, so many cases, so many investigations, um, but it was fulfilling to me. It was fulfilling to me because I was helping out. I was helping the environment. I was bettering that city. I was trying to help the people there. So it was for a bigger cause. And ultimately anybody that goes into law enforcement or military Mainly, a lot of them, a lot of the people that do do that, they go in there for a bigger purpose than just money. You're never going to get rich off law enforcement. 
So ultimately after my fifth year, um, man, you get older, you get older, your mindset changes. So ultimately I was getting drained, man. I was like, why am I getting so tired? You know, started getting lower back problems, got into a few injuries, um, all that jazz. I thought it was Superman, you know, how your parents always tell you you're going to get older. You don't pay attention to them. That's, that's exactly what happened. As I got older, I was like, you know what, this is not sustainable. Me working 60 to 100 hours a week, yeah, I was able to hit around 250000 a year. There's some guys that were making half a million as an officer, but it's because they were giving their life working in law enforcement. So I basically started looking for the side hustle. I started looking for a side hustle. I was like, I need to make my money work for me. And I was working a ton of overtime. So I took that overtime money, and that's where I started investing which I'm pretty sure we're going to get into in just a minute. Okay. So once again, so many things to unpack here. So just on the latter part of what you just mentioned of the aspect of making your money work for you and being an employee and granted, you know, knock on wood, you had a great salary granted being a cop. There is a lot of danger behind it. So that's why you were getting paid quite significantly a quarter of a mil per year, but you were working 60 to hundred hours a week. And when it comes to anything you make, you could even be making a million dollars per year, whatever the case is, you really can't get rich because the only way you're going to make a dollar is if you work, right? You're exchanging your time for dollar towards if you're at a certain level that you're doing passively, let's say, imagine you have, let's say you have like, let's see, imagine you're working an hour and you make a hundred dollars to make $200, you're going to have to work another hour, right? Now, imagine I would give you a hundred thousand million dollars and for you to make the same amount, let's say uh, an, an extra 10%. Legit, you have to do nothing. You'll get an extra $10 million just by leaving it invested in proper ways because the money's working for you. So I'm glad that you got that ideology. Now, before going into that aspect and unpacking that, you mentioned something in previously in regards to the American dream and noticing that the American dream is not necessarily properly stated in the way that you saw it and seeing it that it's more in the passive income way, which is the American dream. Now, in the beginning of our call, before we actually jumped on the uh, the podcast, you mentioned that you're from Hispanic background, uh, Peruvian and Mexican. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I'm Armenian background from Canada. And we come from a generation, I'm looking at you, we're probably about the same age. I'm, I'm 33. You're probably in your early 30s or late 20s. 34. 34. Okay. So we're spot on. We're just, you're legit one year older, which by the way, you don't look a day over 30. FYI, let me just put that out there. You look very young. Uh, Thanks buddy. No problem. So the ideology of our parents coming from immigrants, like becoming immigrants in North America is go to school, get a job, get a high paying job. And that's the way to get out of poverty and to create new systemic wealth within your uh, family, right? Which is a good ideology for back in the day and back in, in their lives. Now, when did that mind shift change for you to realize, wait a minute, this is not sustainable and I have to do the passive income. And how did you find this specific way? Because you could do passive income through owning real estate, uh, going stock market, bonds, uh, uh, cryptocurrency, NFT, and all that fun stuff. But ATM machine, to be quite honest, is not very spoken about. And I don't think it's very sexy in regards to the way that it's presented, but the way that you're explaining it, I feel like there's some great value. So how did you find the ATM world and do that mind shift towards the American dream that was presented to you compared to what you were seeing, what the real American dream is today in 2022? Absolutely. Great question. So just like you were saying how I come from immigrant parents, my mom, 
just to give you a little backstory on her, I've actually discussed this with her several times. And I actually have my very first speaking gig in Atlanta next month, which I'm actually going to tell her story on top of that. But thanks, man. Um, but just to give you guys a, a short summary of my mom's story, my mom came from Peru with nothing but $100, okay? $100 landed in San Francisco, California. And ultimately, she came here to better her life, okay? And we're talking about when she was 21, didn't know anybody, rest of her family, she didn't have anyone here in the States. My grandma had a friend who was based out of San Francisco and was like, hey, we'll take care of your daughter, we'll find her work and all that jazz. So ultimately, she came out here with the good intentions of getting work, you know, getting situated and building a family. So ultimately, that in itself to the many immigrants that are out there outside this country, because I believe the United States is one of the best countries in the world. And I've been all over the world. I've traveled so much in my 20s. What I could tell you right now is the fact that she came here. The friend of my grandma never met her at the airport. So my mom, speaking no English, barely any money, was able to find her way to my grandma's friend in San Francisco. Come to find out where the friend was living, there had to be another 15 people living there, and she only had a quarter of a room to sleep at. My mom went from a, a telephone marketer in Peru, having a degree in Peru, to doing hard labor, working at 4 a.m., assisting moving tree trucks, okay, while they cut it down for new construction for a couple of years. And then ultimately she was able to develop her English. She was able to upgrade herself. She was actually able to get into the hotel business. She was able to then get into the medical field and she retired last year from uh, UCSF, okay, as a phlebotomist. She did that for 25 years. She was able to raise a beautiful family, which two, out of the three siblings, me being one of them, but two, which are my sisters, they're registered nurses, mm -hmm. studious, went to school, got it done. You could consider me the black sheep because I, I went all over. You know, I had three careers, man. I went into business, I went to law enforcement, and then I went to entrepreneurship, and everybody was like, what the heck are you doing? But then it ended up working out, right? So with that being said, okay, my mom's mindset, to go back to your question, my mom's mindset was, Paul, you need security. And she would always tell me that story. She would ingrain it every single time. I would go and have these crazy entrepreneurship ideas. And she would say, Paul, let me tell you your story. And I, I would have to listen to it and listen to it. That's why I could tell it so well. But when I, when I told my mom, I was like, mom, I want to leave my job in law enforcement. And this is what I just started with ATMs, she actually was like, are you crazy? You have such a successful career. And this was around the same time I, had, I was just awarded uh, top detective of the year for um, the entire county. 
So uh, my, my original unit, which I was in for three years, I was part of a special unit where there was a detective from every single agency. So I would represent my agency. And that year, even though everybody was like, wow, you're on top of your game, man. You're like, you know, you're the best, whatever, what you do right there. I, I still wasn't happy inside. I wasn't happy because I knew there was something more. I, I knew I could do more things. I, I, I wanted to help other people. I, I don't know. It's a fulfillment of me actually helping others, mentoring others, training them on how to be leaders, how to be their, their, their best. But to go, to go back to what you're saying, I know I keep going off, 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 off topic. My mom, she told me what the American dream was since I was a kid. Get your house, get married, have kids, save, save all your money. Don't use credit cards. I still remember that. Don't use credit cards. And I always tell that story to all my clients. And then when I started, when I moved out, when I was around, you could say 2021, 20, bought my first condo at 22, first property. Um, that's when I started thinking for myself. I was around different people, business-minded people, different individuals. I had met my ex at the time um, and she was in banking or whatnot. So I got to think for myself as an adult, right? But I believe the American dream, right? Which is, hey, get a, get a high paying job, get, get the house, get the car, um, make a lot of money off of your nine to five, go to school, get educated, which is, which is good. I respect anybody that goes to college. Um, but ultimately, I think it's based on your environment. Because if your parents, let's say we were business owners, there is a higher likely chance of you being an entrepreneur or a business owner. And that's just facts. That's just the way it goes. So I went, once I started getting life experience while I was in law enforcement, where I really developed myself as a leader. And ultimately I was able to think as an adult, my mind just shifted. My mind shifted and the whole idea of this is the American dream to me, I was like, how can the American dream be me working here for, at that time, about five years, and I still have 30 plus years to go, and I have lower back problems. I've seen so, so much dramatic uh, experiences from that job, even though, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that doesn't affect you. No, you got to take care of your mental health, man. You got to take care of your mental health. That's big. Right now, the United States has a huge problem with mental health. So ultimately, I started looking into different ventures. And to answer your question on how I found ATMs was simply, I was off social media for six to seven years, man. And the reason why I was off social media for six, seven years was simply because, one, at that time, I was applying for law enforcement. So two, get me out of trouble. Um, it didn't really catch my interest. I was never the selfie type of person at that time. Cause I come back, I, I come back from uh, the, the era of MySpace. you know, mm -hmm. when, when you see Tom and you have your little music and your profile, whatnot. So that was the last time I had social media. And I remember um, at the time when I was dating, <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, I was dating this girl 
And she asked me, she's like, hey, so what's your Instagram? Instead of asking for the phone number. And I had told her, I was just like, I haven't had social media like in like five years at that time. And she says, what are you? You're living under a rock? I was like, what do you mean? I, I thought it was normal, but I guess I'm old school, right? So, <laughs> so with that, I had just started looking to social media back in uh, April of 2020. And while I was looking at uh, social media, um, that's when I started looking into digital marketing. And before that, when I started looking into AT apps, okay, um, it all started with a book. It all started with a book that I read um, off of ATMs. And then I ended up finding a mentor who actually was out of Southern California. He was already successful with the ATMs. And I picked his brain, met through mutual friends. And at the end of the day, he expanded my mind. So you know how influencers, other entrepreneurs usually say, hey, you are who you have around you. I believe that 110%. The people you keep around you is who you're going to become. So, so Paul, I, I love that. First of all, thank you for sharing your, your mother's story, the ideology, how you kind of shifted and kind of uh, got out of law enforcement and realized what you needed to do with the, you know, to succeed and all that stuff. That is gorgeous. And it's obviously, you know, that you are successful in regards to everything that you're doing with your business. Let's talk about the business side of things a bit more here uh, as we're coming to the ladder of this uh, podcast. Uh, so you have a ATM business, what I understand, making over $2 million. What I understand is that you have a, a coaching service as well, teaching your community how to get into this world and how to do it and so on and so forth. How did you grow it to that level? Do you have any employees? Is it just you You set up your own ATMs and it kind of does its own thing and then you have your coaching uh, groups? Like, How did you go about uh, that aspect and what is your goals for the future within uh, your business in regards to uh, atmtogether.com? Yeah, absolutely. So for this whole venture and, and just to let you guys know how it started for me, ATMs, my tangible business based out of San Francisco, uh, California, I first did the business. So I had my own tangible ATM business. And then from there, the success that I was able to get from my tangible business, I then was like, you know what, let me venture off to digital marketing and see if I can actually educate other entrepreneurs or aspiring five, nine to fibers, do the exact same thing I was doing. And that's it. That was my simple concept, right? Black and white. So then ultimately, uh, one book, uh, another book that I read, <laughs> that's why I'm big on self-education. It's called Digital Millionaire by Dan Henry. And it was a very relatable book. Um, Dan Henry's story, just to give you guys a short summary, he was a pizza boy turned a bar owner to digital marketer. And hit, what broke his limiting beliefs basically was when he made $46,000 on a like one hour webinar, right? Selling information, sh- showing people how to do what he's doing. And I thought that was amazing. I was just like, how is this guy doing this? And I kept reading more and more and more. And ultimately I ended up buying into his coaching program. So $10,000 later down in the hole, um, 
I started. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you right there. I'm going to cut you right there. My my coach inside of me does not let that go. That was not ten thousand dollars in the hole, brother. That was an investment. Right now, because of that ten thousand dollars, you have over two million dollars. Am I correct? No, no, absolutely. And, th- okay. and thanks, man. Okay, I, cool. I appreci- Keep going. I appreciate Keep going. That. My inner coach, but, bro, did not did not accept that. I'm like, wait a minute, we just have to change the frame there. Sorry, cut you off. So keep going. You after your ten thousand dollars of investment. Yeah, absolutely. It was a ten thousand dollar investment, and I and I guess it, Chris, you, you're right about that. You know, I still come from the nine to five mindset sometimes, mm-hmm. and what I tell everybody, I mean, I've only been in the digital space for a year and a half. And with me, I think the biggest reason why I was able to do what I did in the digital space was just simply because I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn, uh, you know, I I don't know everything. I'm not not an expert uh, as far. I I don't consider myself an expert as far as everything in digital marketing. In the ATM industry, yes, I've been been in it for like six plus years. Law enforcement, yes, so long. You know, sales, yes, for so long, more than a decade. But digital marketing, I'm still a rookie. I'm still a rookie in this game. But that's going to change, all right? So so with that, um, no, you're absolutely right. I remember when I invested the 10K on my first program. And I remember one of my um, coworkers, one of my coworkers, passed by uh, my computer, you know, I was on my lunch break and he goes, Hey man, what is that? So I explained exactly what I'm telling you guys on the, on this podcast. And he goes, dude, did you really just spend 10? Did you really throw away $10,000 on this? It's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know? And that happens to a lot of people that happens to a lot of people, you know, that, that messes with your mindset, especially when you don't have like-minded individuals like yourself, entrepreneurship is a lonely road, man. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever, whoever can take the most pain is ultimately who can succeed. But ultimately I did that. Uh, I did the program and six months later. Okay. I believe it was around April, 2020. So around September, okay. Around September of 2020, I had launched my first program. My first program, it was called 30 day it did not sound sexy. It was just, hey, man, I'm trying, right? So I, I just put it out there. And to anyone who's listening to this and whatever you're doing in life, uh, whatever, whatever investments, whatever um, business you want to create for yourself, just take action. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm telling you right now, I, I'm not perfect. I don't take perfect action. I don't wait to take perfect action. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you get stuck on analysis paralysis. And that's the worst thing you could do. You can research, you can research, research, and you don't do anything. That's the worst thing you could do. It's better to take imperfect action and get things done. So with that, I uh, made about $15,000 within three months, which to be honest, I was like, okay, that's decent. You know, especially being a newcomer, being a rookie in digital marketing. It was just a course at that time. I was just selling lessons. And then I had a, a weekly a group meeting uh, within a Facebook group for my clients. And then ultimately I was looking at guys like Dan Henry, Tanner Chester, you know, Alex Hermanzi, like these big guys in the digital marketing space. And I was just like, how are these guys making like a million dollars a month? How are these guys making a hundred thousand dollars a month? Like it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And I'm looking and I'm studying them and everything, right? I'm doing research. I invest on more programs. And then I ended up finding a actual consultant who started with me around uh, the same initial program that I invested those $10,000 in. But the only difference is he had started about two, three years earlier than me. Okay. So this is, this is your guys' um, basically saying right now to start. Okay. Don't wait. Start right now, whatever you're trying to do. So he has started a Facebook ads agency and he was making around $30,000 a month. So he had bought into this $10,000 program that I was in. I had met him, really cool guy was doing it with his uh, girlfriend, I think wife at the time. And I see him just skyrocket all of a sudden. I see him skyrocket to like 100, 200, 300. And I'm like, dude, how are you doing this? So ultimately he's like, man, it, it, you just got to shift your mindset. Shift your mindset and work on your offer. Refine your offer. So then I was looking more and researching more in my industry. And I was trying to see what was the void in my industry. So when I joined these Facebook groups, I noticed that a lot of people were looking for locations for their ATMs. It wasn't the education that they were lacking of. It wasn't where to find the ATMs, the processing or anything like that. It was actually the locations. So then what I did, I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can help people find locations. So then I ended up facilitating a call center. Call center, we were able to find locations at that time. And at that time, that was December of 2020. And I was doing everything separate. Okay. I was doing Elecart services. So I was offering ATMs. I was offering the, the coaching program. And then I was offering location finder services. January of 2021, I revamped the complete offer. Call it etmtogether.com. The first done for you automation service where we include the four pillars. One ATM of your choice, the internet, free processing, and the location in your city or state. And we have a guarantee based on performance of the locations. I'm going to tell you right now, Chris, I was a one-man team from January 2021 to March of 2021. I was still working in law enforcement, still running my tangible ATM business. So at, the, at that time, I was doing three different things. I didn't sleep. I only slept three hours a day. March 2021, I made my first $100,000 from atmtogether.com as a one-man team. April 2021, I hired my first employee. Year to date, okay, we're at $4 million. Right now, today, it's June 23rd, 2022. $4 million in revenue. I have over 11 employees. And I just promoted one of my um, best employees this morning to COO. So he's going to be taking over operations. And this is the first time ever we are going to click funnels and we should be receiving three comma club awards for the first time ever. All of us, I mean, these guys, they're leaders all in their twenties. I'm the only, I'm the oldest 34, but ultimately it is, 
breaking everyone's limiting beliefs of what we're doing right now. Right now in revenue, we're coming in at four to 500,000 and it's amazing. Not only are we able to generate that a month, but also we are also impacting thousands upon thousands of clients nationwide through motivation, through inspiration, and we make people successful. Cool. Paul, I mean, that is an amazing story. Congratulations to all of your success, the way that you've laid that out, the way that you were able to do that mind shift and a very important place to highlight there. First and foremost, analysis paralysis, you mentioned it. It's not about waiting for it to be perfect before launching it. Launch it on perfectly and refine it and develop it because you need time for the market to tell you certain information, for your clients to tell you certain thing. And then to do that mind shift, that, oh, wait a minute, what is the market really needing? Is it the information? Is it the coaching? Is it this? Oh no, it's the location. So let me create an altogether one. Even though, like you said, in the beginning, the name wasn't beautiful, 30 day for ATM and all that. And now you're like, hey, wait a minute, let's do a, a ATM together.com and it's all four pillars. I love the fact that you kind of looked into that. Now, brother, we're kind of coming to time here and I want to be respectful for yours. I'm going to ask you two questions. One really, uh, to be quite honest, and then we'll kind of uh, jump to wrap this up. Sure. It's extremely obvious that you're successful in so many regards. You've went from one career to another, from business in the corporate world to enforcement, which is a whole other thing. And then starting your entrepreneurship journey in a very short period, growing your company to multi-million dollars and having 10 plus employees, which is just amazing in itself. Now we learn a lot from people's successes, but we also learn from people's failures. So my question is, what is something in your business right now that you're having a hard time with, or there's room to improve or optimize? And how do you go about approaching that? So tell us one thing that's right now in your business you're struggling with, you want to learn about, and how would you go about improving it? Oh, I love that question. So it's always the hard questions that are the mm -hmm. best to answer, especially, um, you know, I, I believe social media shows a lot of the pros, but never of the cons. Mm -hmm. So that's a great question. Okay, so with me, it's managing people. I had to learn very, very fast to learn how to become a leader in entrepreneurship because it is completely different from actually just I communicated with one person who was my partner back in law enforcement. I only had you know a partner in the car um, or, or a trainee, which was fine, but I never had to manage over ten employees so at the end of the day you're one you're dealing with a lot of activity mentally and i tell people all the time yeah i did this and that in law enforcement and they're like wow that must have been like draining mentally and physically and i tell them you know what to be honest and this is not me trying to brag or anything but law enforcement it was a lot easier than it is now. <laughs> it was a lot easier than uh, entrepreneurship. And the reason why I say that is because with entrepreneurship at scale, right? Um, or even when you're beginning, it's a lot of thinking. You have to be very creative. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to communicate with your actual employees. Uh, I see myself as the founder, but like I said, I still have the nine to five mentality. So I always think back how I used to feel when let's say a supervisor or a boss used to talk down on me, how I used to feel, you know, that pain and 
you know, how it would not motivate me to work harder, right? So to me, the number one thing I tell all of my employees is I tell them, look, you guys are not employees. You guys are my teammates and we're a team. So we got to perform like a team, okay? And like I said, with me, motivation and discipline are two of the most important factors when it comes to actually being a leader, okay? So one, I'm motivating my actual employees every single day, every single day. I check up on them. I make sure how they're doing. I ask them how their day is going. I ask them if they need help with anything. And I'm the type of, I guess you could say boss, that will go and actually interact with clients still. I know there's a lot of you know founders and CEOs or, or whatnot that are busy. And trust me, my to-do list never ends, man. There's always something always added on every single day, but I still find the time to help. And I think that's very important. Morale is number one in your, uh, your business area, especially with your employees. And I would say that I'm still learning how to do that every single day, because like I, like I said in the beginning of this, digital marketing, having the success in digital marketing that I did um, so quickly, you could say like in a year and a half, um, hey man, I'm only human. I'm not gonna know everything and I'm learning as I go. But like, I, but like you say, Chris, imperfect action is the way to do it, man. We can't be stuck with analysis paralysis and say, hmm, but what if, right? So, I mean, Paul, thank you for sharing that, brother. Just a couple of things that I wanted to highlight from taking your leadership as a team player from the business world, then being a cop, and then realizing as an employer, it's completely different. And you kind of broke it down to the aspect. I love the way you kind of looked at it. You're like, first of all, I have to be of a more eloquent communicator. I have to be there not only as a communicator, but as a leader. Not only that, I have to motivate them. And then you you kind of looked at it in the approach of doing follow-ups, continually checking in with your colleagues and be like, hey, how, how are you doing today? How can I support you? How's their emotional state? So on and so forth to really get them down the next level. So congratulations on all of that, bro. Really just phenomenal story. And like I said, my last question to, for you over here as we're coming to time is, if somebody is listening to this and is interested to potentially know more about you, know more about your business, maybe they're like, hey, you know what? This passive income seems very fun about the ATM. Where can they contact you to really look more about you and your program and so on and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. Guys, if you guys are interested in one of the best passive income businesses right now in 2022, we're talking about ROI better than real estate right now. Check out www.atmtogether.com and also check us out on Instagram. It's going to be the Paul Alex. We're also on Twitter, the Paul Alex underscore ATM. And then also on Facebook, we have one of the largest Facebook groups online right now for the ATM industry. It is called ATM Business for Beginners with 30,000 members. Let's go. Paul, once again, congratulations. Thank you for blessing us with your story, with your energy, and with your passion today, as it was a great conversation. So hope we'll be able to speak very soon and keep up your phenomenal work, brother. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. 
you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.